0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church, and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Um, I just have a really simple word for you here tonight. And the word is this. Your better days still lie ahead. Your better days still lie ahead. There are better days ahead for you. There are better days ahead for your marriage. There are better days ahead for your family. There are better days ahead for your teenagers. There are better days ahead. There are better days for your ministry. There are better days ahead for this church. There are better days ahead for this city. There are better days ahead. My heart's hope and my heart's prayer is simple here this evening, that you would walk away with this truth resonating within your very being. There are indeed better days ahead. No matter how dark that night is, no matter how impending that storm feels, no matter how unrelenting that earthquake may seem, there are better days ahead. And I need you to hear my heart. This is not just positive thinking. This is just not another motiv- motivational speaker with a bunch of motivational ideas waxing eloquently about something that is nice to ponder upon. No, this is not just positive thinking. This is a prophetic, truthful declaration. As Jesus spoke about life, as Jesus unpackaged what this life with him, in him, through him, would be like. We can conclude no other thing than this, that every day a declaration can be made. As good or as bad as today is, there are still better days ahead. You see, in John chapter 10, Jesus was cornered by a whole group of people who are really interested about this life that he came to talk about. This religion they thought he came to start. This way of living that Jesus had come to introduce. And and there was confusion and convolution about what this story would actually entail. Some thought Jesus came just to start another religious order full of rules and regulations, and if you live in a certain way, you would garner the interest and the affection of the creator of the universe. Another group thought that Jesus came along to break all the rules, to, to, to mess with everything that had happened up to this point, and to leave everyone floating around in limbo. Jesus speaks to bring clarity into the confusion he just talks about the kind of life that he wants you and I to experience, not only just when we come to meet him, but every single day of our lives. And he says, you know what? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Or in other words, this world has an amazing way of sapping us and robbing us of life, taking away our joy. Just, just like basically leaking peace, like nonstop, every single day, just feeling like there is no hope and, and and gloom surrounds the world. The devil has an amazing way of creating this kind of framework. But I have come, Jesus said, to give you life to the full. And it's not only a life to the full; it's a life more abundant. Everyone say more. more. No, say more. more. Say more like Australians. More. Oh. Say more like an Americans. More. Say more like a Chinaman, more awesome torture languages again. I have come to give you a life that is marked by come on, more. Every single day, more grace, every single day, more favor, every single day, more resolution of what you are going to become. Every d- single day, uh, uh, more love, every single day, more of his presence, every single day, more of his overcoming power. Come on, every day he wants you to experience more. And because of that, we must therefore deduce that every day we wake up, it's another heavenly declaration that he ain't done with your life yet. He has got, come on, more in store. There are better days ahead. And all I want to do with my few minutes with you is unpackage in the most practical and applicable way. How do we actually embrace this more that God has in store for us? Because I don't know about you, I know for me, so often it's easy to sing about, to talk about, to theorize and theologize about, but to actually experience that with my life, that is sometimes another matter. It's one thing to sing about freedom and and declare freedom, but to actually step into a life marked by freedom, sometimes that is a foreign concept. It's one thing to come together here at church and to sing the songs and to hear the talks, to jump up and down and to look constipated when we lift our hands and all that kind of stuff and know that God is good, but sometimes His goodness feels so far away. How do we actually now embrace this more that God has in store? The way I want to break this down is by doing what I always do, just going to the Word of God, going to the Scriptures, I want to have a look at a passage in the book of Philippians, which, which tells the story of a man named Paul wrestling with this question. This man named Paul who had come face to face, who, him, his name is Amazing Grace, and now he was put on a path to run, a, I'm trying to rap for you right now, but it's not working. <laughs> And, and the Apostle Paul is scratching his head and he's asking this question, I have now been set free, but I want to now live out this freedom. I have been lifted up out of the miry clay. My feet are now in solid ground, but where do I go from here? How do I really embrace this more that God has in store? I want to know this freedom, I want to know this joy, I want to know this mercy, I want to know His purpose, I want to know this power, I want to know what I was destined to do with my life, how do I now embrace this more that God has in store? And in His ponderings and in His wonderings, we are given insights into how not only He engaged in this challenge and saw His victory, but how we too can engage in this journey and see ours as well, amen? So if you have your Bibles, would you go with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3? Philippians chapter 3 is found between Philippians chapter 2 and chapter 4. I'm deep and theological. I went to Bible college. Shut up. Um, (laughs) Philippians chapter 3, to give you the background, is the Apostle Paul just thinking about church life. He's thinking about church life, and he's declaring again to the Philippian church why we're here. We're not just here because we're trying to garner the favor of God. We're not here because we're afraid of Him and it's the only place we feel safe. We're not here because if we don't keep the rules and we don't keep the regulations, bad stuff is going to happen. We're not just here because we've been tricked into believing a myth and we are now kind of wound up in this glorious um, legend that, no, no, we are here by the truth and the grace and the might and the power of God. And this life that he has wrapped us up in is marked by an everyday unfolding where we always see this more that God has in store. And now he's talking about how do we now live this out? How do we embrace this? In the book of Philippians chapter 3, he goes, this is how you take hold of this more that is in store. In verse 12 he says, not that I have already obtained all of this, Or have already arrived at my destination or my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Or, in other words, uh, I'm now thinking about life, and as much as I've done, as much as I've achieved, as much as I've experienced, it, it feels like I'm just starting again. And I know there is something that God has for my life, and He took hold of my life for a reason. So in the light of that reality, I'm gonna spend my entire life trying to understand this reason He took hold of my life, come on, and bring it to pass. I'm going to now strive towards this reason, this goal for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Everyone here in this room, look at me in the face. Jesus took hold of your life for a reason. There isn't a person here who doesn't matter to God. There isn't a person here who is so broken they can't be used by God. There isn't a person here so hurt they can't be healed by God. There isn't a person here so small or insignificant they can't be used by God. Every single person here in this room has been taken hold of for a reason. And then he goes on to talk about how I live this life marked by every day embracing this more that he has in store, and he says this. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, this is how I go forward, this is how I take hold of everything that God wants me to have and everything God wants me to do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus." When I come to Jesus, the fat lady doesn't start singing, the the credits don't start rolling, this ain't the end. It's just the beginning. Life isn't about a face-to-face encounter with the God of this universe. No, it's about this journey of reckless abandon that He invites us into all the days of our life. And this is how I take hold of this more that God has in store for me. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on to take hold of this goal for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward. Forgetting, straining ahead, pressing on. Forgetting, straining ahead, and pressing on. If you don't want to get stuck in a rut, if you want to shake yourself out of that, 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 that funk or that place in which you are stuck, if you want to re-kickstart your engine from your stalled position, we need to understand we go forward by first forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, and pressing on. Forgetting, straining, and pressing on. I'm just going to break these three concepts down really quickly. Then I'm going to go out there and have myself a croissant and a coffee. And then we're going to go along and catch a Jetstar flight. Oh, Jetstar flights. (laughs) Back to Melbourne. If anyone has any connections... Um, with Adelaide Airport or Virgin or Qantas. Well, Qantas, God, God bless you at the moment. Good luck. Uh, but get, a, a, another late flight out of Adelaide that's not a Jetstar flight would be awesome, okay? Just a little bit of a side tip there, okay? But, we're gonna, but first, we're gonna break this down. Forgetting, straining ahead, and pressing on. Forgetting, straining, and pressing on. If you're taking down notes, the first word that I want to engage is this word forgetting. For us, To embrace everything that God has for our life, first and foremost, we need to learn how to forget what is behind. So often we try to drive forward in life by watching through the rear vision mirror. It just doesn't work. I know I'm an Asian. I'm a bad driver. I know all about that kind of... You shouldn't have laughed. That's kind of racist and messed up, and so you failed the test. But you can't go forward by always trying to look back. But how often do we do so? How often do we listen to the negative chatter of our mind and our heart reminding us of the mistakes that we've made, the manner in which we have fallen short, the failed and fragmented fools that we once were. And and we know that God is amazing and His grace is incredible and He wants more for our lives as we go forward. But come on, how many of us spend our lives stuck in that dusty old chair watching the reels of our past on repeat again and again and again and here the writer of philippians carried by the spirit would first and foremost declare come on you want to go forward into the more that god has in store we first have to learn how to forget that which is behind that word forget is an interesting one you see some people Um, find it hard to truly engage in the Christian experience or this journey with Jesus because they don't understand what this word forget actually means in this context. Sometimes when we hear the word forget, we're just thinking of a slipping of the mind or a clearing of the hard drive. Or in other words, when I come to Jesus... My past is eradicated. I'm a clean slate. I go to sleep one morning, wake up the next day, and I forget everything that has come behind. It's a brand new day, a whole new world. That's how we think Christianity is meant to be. But then we wake up in the morning, and I still carry the burdens of my past. I wake up in the morning, and lo and behold, I haven't had an intellectual or memory lobotomy, and I remember the stuff from before. So therefore, this Jesus stuff can't be that strong. This spirit stuff can't be that real. But you've got to understand, when the Bible here challenges us. In fact, it commands us to forget what is behind. He's not talking about a cleaning of the slate or a wiping of the hard drive. No, this word forget, literally the Greek means a willing neglect, a purposeful neglect. Or in other words, I'm going to take something that I know has already been and I'm going to put it in its proper place. I'm still going to remember it, but I'm leaving it to the side on purpose. Good stuff and bad stuff. For, for some of us here in this room, some of the things that hold us back from going forward is, isn't actually negative stuff. Sometimes it's positive stuff. Do you know that laurels that we win and the medals around our neck can sometimes become anchors that hold us back from running into, come on, a bright and glorious and even shinier future? Come on. Sometimes we need to learn how to take the good stuff that we've been through and say, you know what? God, that is amazing. That is great. But I'm not always going to look back at that, come on, once upon a time, how wonderful did it used to be? No, that's just going to be a platform that reminds me why I'm going to spring forth from, come on, in my days ahead. we got to take, Victory Church, come on, some of the good stuff we've been through and say, you know what, I'm not going to keep going back there and just hoping that that day will be repeated. No, I'm just going to leave that stuff behind, understanding that as good as that was, my days ahead are even better. Can I hear an amen? Come on, there are better days ahead. Forgetting what is behind, the negative stuff as well we got to learn how to leave some of our negative stuff behind. Now, some of you are looking at me and say, Dan, like you young whippersnapper, you don't know what it's like. You haven't lived my life. You haven't tasted my pain. You don't know my shame and you're right. But I do know this. Your capacity to leave your past behind, it's not about you waking up one morning and forgetting it all. It's not about an Asian guy coming up on a Sunday night and yelling at you. No, it's about remembering how good God is, how strong the cross was and forever will be, and how lasting His promise is to not only set you free, but free indeed. Tonight, I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to dare you. I'm here to double-dog dare you to take that which you always carry around as a red cross against your name, and forget it and leave it behind. So, so often in church, I, I meet people who come along and they sing the songs and they love the talks, they enjoy the encouragement, they engage in the fellowship. They find themselves at church, and, and, and I see them making decisions to leave stuff behind. But you got to understand, it's not just leaving something behind on a Sunday night that sets you free. It's understanding. Leaving it and leaving with Jesus and going home without it. Come on, that sets you free. So often I see it. Sometimes at church, people sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, I just love this guy. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's great. So he just talks so fast." But, you know, but but you know, I'm keeping up. You know, and uh, oh wow, I like this church. It's a good. I like the coloring. It's just really, really good as well. And, oh yeah, this. I love it, Grace. It's just amazing. I just love how God loves. I love how God loves. And you know what? Tonight I'm going to make a decision. I'm making a decision. I've just been carrying stuff around. There's so much stuff in my heart. I'm going to bring it to Jesus tonight. Tonight. Don't look at me and judge. Don't look. I'm bringing it tonight. And then what happens at the end of the service? Uh, The speaker starts to slow down. The lights go down. The keyboard starts to rise. And the emotion starts to stir. I'm going to bring it to Jesus. I'm bringing my rubbish. I'm bringing my past to Jesus. And we do it. And then we're walking up the front and we're carrying our bins. And we go, I'm coming. Get out of my way. I'm bringing my past to Jesus. My failures and my faults. My sin, my scars, my shame, my stains, I'm bringing it all to Jesus. And we do this, we dump it at the altar and we go, woo! Jesus, what freedom! And then we experience the, the, the God cleansing shower, woo, woo! And, like, and, then, and then we cry, and, and, and we feel our cleansing, we feel our healing, we feel our lightness, we feel so free, and we give glory to God. Oh, it was so wonderful to bring stuff to you, Jesus. And then we go back to our seats afterwards. Oh, that was amazing. That was, isn't it true Pastor Paul? It's one thing to bring stuff to Jesus. It's a whole other deal to be brave enough and bold enough to have enough faith to actually leave it with Him. Can I let you know, Jesus didn't hang on a cross. Jesus didn't bleed and die. Jesus didn't overcome sin and death just so that you could go through this kind of emotional merry-go-round every couple of weeks where we bring stuff to the altar. Jesus went through what He went through so that you leave stuff with Him. It's about bringing our past And saying, man, I wish I didn't mess up that way. But for some reason, in the middle of my messed upness, you still reached out to me. So I bring my junk to you and I leave it with you. Man, God, I wish my marriage didn't fail. I wish I tried just one more time. And I wish I didn't have this now, like a mark against my name. But for some reason, you still accept me just as I am. And I'm going to trust that I'm bringing my past and leaving it with you. Hey, Jesus, I wish I didn't do it. I wish I didn't cross that line. I wish I didn't. If I could go back, I would, re- I would just, un- I wish I could undo that. But I can't undo it. But even with that situation undone, you still extend a loving hand of friendship to me. So I'm going to bring that and leave it with you. Yeah. if we are going to become the people God has destined us to be, if we are going to taste the freedom that He wants us to taste, if we are going to make the difference in the world He wants us to make, at some point we need to learn how to forget what is behind. I'm not here trying to belittle your experience. In fact, I'm trying to empathize and recognize that I'm sure it was heartbreaking, even horrific. I'm just trying to remind you, as dark as that night was. The dawn that comes yeah. from leaving your stuff right. with Jesus yeah. is ever brighter. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it with Him. Forgetting your past isn't about wiping your memory clean, but about reminding yourself every day the freedom that is found yeah. at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Amen? So forgetting what is behind. Just like a random word, forget. I really wish I wore looser jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting that sometime this week. There's going to be a voice of accusation that, right, nah, Jesus dealt with that. I'm leaving that behind. And then you're going to feel free by Thursday, but then something else is going to pop up or bring something to you. No, no, no. I brought my junk to Jesus and I left it with Him. I'm leaving my past behind. Can someone say amen? amen? Not only do we have to learn how to forget what is behind, we need to learn how to strain towards what is ahead. Everyone say, strain ahead. Strain means with passion. Strain means with every sinew, every fiber, every tendon. We run towards what God has in store for us. It's one thing to forget what is behind. It's a whole other deal now to strain towards what is ahead. The Bible doesn't say, now stroll ahead. Now, just skip ahead, because in general, men shouldn't be skipping. Uh, Let's just uh, kind of like just shuffle ahead. Let's slink ahead. Let's kind of moonwalk ahead. No, no, no. He's saying now, strain ahead with everything you've got, as if your life and the life of others depend on it. Would you now strain ahead? I can read some of your minds. Oh, here we go, another religious preacher telling me that I need to do more or work harder and or, 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 or like serve deeper or, or, or give broader. Like, you're just telling me just to do more. I'm not telling you to, to do more to win God's favor. Hey, your favor was won way before you did anything for Him. And you never lifting a finger for Him does not change His love and His affection for you. I'm just trying to let you know in the light of what is at stake And what is in store? Come on, how can we do anything but run from where we are right now to where God would have us be? Come on, we need to learn how to strain ahead with everything that you've got. I'm not here trying to put a religious guilt trip on you and push you from behind. I'm just trying to wave in front of your face and let you know he sets you free. And this freedom is free indeed, or in other words, really, really free. And now you get to run forward into everything life now holds for you. Come on, strain ahead in the light of what is at stake and what is in store. Let me maybe illustrate in this way. Hey, Pastor Kath, can I borrow your bag just for a second? Can you bring, can you please give Pastor Kath and her chiseled shoulders a round of applause as she does that? She, at this, she was like, she was doing that, and it like, wasn't even hard for her. She's like, this is really heavy. She's like, wham, check my delts, check my delts. Okay, sorry. This is Pastor Kath's bag, but I think it matches my outfit really nicely, may I say. All right, what you don't understand here is that in this bag, there is so much more than just the things that ladies keep in their bag, okay? Um, In this bag right now actually is one million Australian dollars. One million Australian dollars. Everyone just woke up all of a sudden. (laughs) Some guys were like kind of zoning in and out, but all of, oh, wait a second, we're talking money now? We're talking money now. One million Australian dollars which is, like, the equivalent of, like, 900,000 U.S. dollars, about 3.2 million Malaysian ringgit. (laughs) How many New Zealand? The nation of New Zealand. (laughs) In this bag. You can buy the place. It's all in this bag. Just imagine, I I told you, the first person up here to grab this bag could have the million dollars. Just look at all the young guys in the corner here, they're like kind of, you know, they're, they're pulling their shoes on and they're, they're getting set. Um, Keith Rainbow at the back there, he's, 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 a, he's a gentleman's gentleman, you know what I'm saying? But he's, he's, he's like, like, his ears have pricked up, he's like kind of ready to jump, and he's the kind of man who would usually open a door for a lady, he would throw a lady to the ground. <laughs> He's someone who would usually respect and honor his pastors, but he would kick both you and Kath in the side of the head and not give it a second thought. (laughs) Why would such a normal, gentle, and genteel man like Keith Rainbow act in such an animalistic kind of way? Why? Because he understands what's in the bag when there is something, come on, of worth. You run after it with everything that you've got. Could I propose to you that a life lived for the glory of God A life that serves its generation and leaves a legacy. A life that experiences his grace and his goodness and in turn becomes an advert for his grace and his goodness. A life that could in some small way, shape or form be used to bring light to dark places and life to dead places. Could I suggest to you that that kind of life lived is worth more than one million Australian dollars? 900,000 US dollars? 3.2 3.2 Malaysian ring, the nation of New Zealand. Come on. I'm not trying to get you to run because somehow you should. Somehow it wins the favor or the attention of God. No, I'm challenging you to run in the light of what is at stake yeah. Yeah. and what is in store. Good. I'm challenging you to run and go catch up with one of your leaders. Go find Mick and say, hey, you know, I've got a heart for kids ministry. I see what you're doing out there. And, and I've got a lot of friends of mine who would love to, love to, love to come along to a church. But, um, you know, they just always find their kids, you know, there's just never any place for them. And, and I would like to be a part of the solution. I don't want to just point out a problem. Hey, you know, Mick, hey, Kay, you know, can I sign up and be, come on, run in the light of what is at stake. Amen. Come on, what is in store? Come on, go up to the cafe people and say, you know what, I've got some you know, barista experience and poor little, you know, Geordie Rainbow is making their coffees, like 14 years old, burning herself. Stop! The child labor people, stop it. <laughs> Someone should be putting their hand up and saying, you know what, I'm qualified and of age to actually work in Australian workplace. Come on, in the light of what is that, st- come on. Hey, Pastor Tony, Pastor Kath, in the past I've served within a church and it's been a few years and I've taken my foot off the accelerator but my foot is going down on the accelerator again, not because I have to but because I want to in the light of what is at stake and what is in store. Come on! How can we do anything but strain ahead knowing what is at stake and what is in store? Amen? Really simple. Forget what is behind. Strain towards what is ahead. And thirdly and lastly press on. I press on. Forgetting what is behind and straying towards what is ahead, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus called me heavenward. The last concept here is press on. If you want to experience a life marked by abundance, if you want to live a life and become a testimony that always rings of enjoying the more that is in store, if you are sick and tired of just talking about better days ahead, you want to experience your better days ahead, my friends, at some point, we have to learn how to forget what is behind, begin to strain towards what is ahead, and we also have to learn how to press on. Everyone say press on. Press on. Press on. Press on. We have to learn how to press on. Press on means persevere. Press on means don't give up. Press on means expect to get knocked down, but make a decision to get up again. That's Press on means that I start this journey with a view of finishing it. Press on means I'm going to be passionate about this in the moment, but I'm going to sustain this passion. I like passion. Passion is cool. I spend really most of my time speaking in youth conferences, and passion is fun. Every single time I talk about passion, passion! people just lose their minds. Kids lose their minds, but you understand this, young people and not so young people, passion doesn't change the world. Passion makes a splash. It's tenacity that causes the ripples to go to the outer ends of this world. Come on, tenacity is sustained passion. Press on. Keep on running. Against obstacles, keep on going. Against discouragement, keep on going. The ups and the downs, come on, keep on going. Press on. I don't run very often. Me and cardio are not friends. I like lifting heavy things and putting them down again, walking around for two minutes and then lifting something heavy again. That's how I kind of roll. But every now and then, I, I do some cardio because I kind of feel like I should. And so I go running. I like to run. I run really early in the morning, not because I'm holy or spiritual. It's just that I don't want anyone else around, and I don't want to be overtaken by a woman or a child. And so I go running in the morning, and, and, I, and I hate running. I hate running because... Of, of the mental game that it is. Are there any runners here in this room? Any runners? So, so you're like a, a marathon guy, half marathon guy. Like, what kind of Ks are we talking here? Half so like a 21K kind of person? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a more like a 2.1K kind of guy, all right? But me and my running brother here, we know what it's like, isn't it? The biggest issue when it comes to running is actually the mental game. If your body gets into a rhythm, you can actually just keep on going for quite a long time, but it's actually the mental side that makes you want to stop. I feel that way as well. When I take off to run in the morning, it, it, it always kind of, the, the, the voices start, pop, I start running a little bit, and then a voice pops into my head, ooh, man, it's cold. <laughs> and, 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 and wow, there's, 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 there's a pain in, in your brain. What's that pain in your brain? You know what that is? It's a brain aneurysm you've just started running, you put pressure on yourself, you've got a blood clot, it's burst now, what a sad picture, a young Asian brother dying in someone's front yard, not to be found, blood dribbling out of his ear, but you know it's just a voice, there's no brain aneurysm, don't judge, these things come into my head, so you've got to learn how to, to those voices, trying to get you to stop, go, shh, am I right, and you've got to keep on running. You run a little bit more, and then another voice pops into your head, ooh, your chest is tight, you know what? heart attack? You're having a heart attack. What a sad picture. Young Asian brother dying all by himself. Early morning run. Blood dribbling out of his ears, clutching onto his chest. You know what I'm saying? But you know it's not a heart attack. It's just the voice trying to stop you, trying to put you out of the race. And to that voice, you need to learn how to do what? And you've got to keep on running. And you run a little bit more, and another voice pops into your head. Ooh, your knees are sore. Your knees are sore. All of your soft tissue has wound, like ground away. That's bone on bone action. You're getting shorter with every single step. (laughs) What a sad picture. Young Asian brother dying all by himself, clutching onto his chest, blood dribbling down his ears. Five foot one. You know what I'm saying? It's it's in your head. But it's only a voice, and to that voice, to finish the race, you have to learn how to do what? you got to go, shh, and you keep on running. You run a little bit more, and then another voice pops into your head. What's the point? What's the use? You cardio, you cardio, you cardio. You eat brown rice and tuna every day, but you still can't get that six-pack. You still got like a Japanese keg of beer. But to that voice, you are got to learn, hey, you know what? It's just a lie. I'm going to finish this race. And to that voice, we learn how to do what? Shh, and we keep on running. My last thought for you is this. In this race, in this journey... In this adventure that is the Christian life, forget what is behind. Recognize that there is more in store. Run after it with everything that you've got in the light of what is at stake. But don't give up. Keep on running. You'll start running a little bit and the voice will pop into your head. What's the deal? You've kind of been doing this for a while and your life hasn't radically changed yet. But that, to that voice, you say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to walk this out with Jesus. And confusion with Jesus is better than confusion without Jesus. I'm going to keep on running. I run a little bit more, and another voice pops into your head and says, hey, you know what? Those people are judgmental. Those people are hypocrites. You should kind of just leave them, a, kind of just do your own thing. But that, to that voice, you say, hey, you know what? We're all judgmental hypocrites. I kind of fit in. And to that voice, you go, shh. I keep on running. Come on, you run a little bit more and another voice pops into your head and you say, what's the point of believing that you can change the world? You're so small in comparison to the work at hand, but to that voice you remind yourself that five loaves and two fish in the hands of Jesus could feed a multitude. Come on, what could hundreds of passionate Jesus followers in the city of Adelaide do for this great state? Come on, and you keep on running. Forget what is behind. Strain towards what is ahead. And when you hear those voices trying to take you out, we need to learn how to do what? Shh, and keep on running. Pray for me, seriously. (laughs) Like I said about 35 minutes ago, my heart's hope and my heart's prayer is this. that at some point throughout the course of this week, this truth would resonate. Your best days, your better days, they lie ahead. And when you question, when you fear, when you doubt, when we scratch our collective heads and wonder how, we'd be reminded, there's a God who loves you, more than you could ever imagine. He's closer than we often give him credit for. And he has, come on, your best at his heart. And he's called you into a life marked by abundance and more every day. But to embrace it, we have to first learn how to forget what is behind. Come on, strain towards what is ahead and press on. Probably of all the things I love about this church, and there are many things to love. The cafe is cool. Protein, coconut water, not a question. There's, you're aesthetically pleasing people, no doubt. Like a very attractive church, that's, that's really cool. I, I, like, I like the decor, I like, the, I like all, but you know the thing I love most about my experience here at Victory? That this church is deeply committed to the journey. And this message is not just a message spouted in theory, but this message is grounded in testimonies all around this community. People who got stuck along the journey, but understood there was more in store, come on, and they got unstuck. They forgot what was behind, they started straying towards what is ahead, come on, and now they're pressing on, come on. It's all over this community. And I'm believing with all of my heart. This, my friends, will be your story too. Forgetting what is behind, strain towards what is ahead. You're going to press on and take hold of the very purpose Jesus took hold of you for. Can someone say amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.